I'm Riley. And I'm Ronnie. And this is the Plan to Eat podcast, where we have conversations about meal planning, food, and wellness to help you answer the question, what's for dinner? Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Plan to Eat podcast. Today, Riley and I are going to talk about a surprising twist on summer food. We're going to talk about utilizing your freezer in the summertime, which I feel like is not something that people normally think of um, because a lot of what you think of when we're discussing freezer meals is like soups and warm, comforting food that you normally eat in winter months. But we think that summer is a great time to utilize your freezer. Let's jump in with benefits of freezer meals because in the summertime, cooking is not the first thing on my mind. Right. right? It's hiking. It's being outside. It's uh, swimming pools and water parks and paddle boarding. It's not I'm not thinking like, oh, I've got to cook dinner for all these yeah. folks every night. <laughs> um, so using freezer meals can really help you uh, on busy summer nights when you don't really want to cook or maybe you forgot that you needed to cook dinner because that's happened to me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, recently with the you know, when the sun is out so much later there are often times when it's like 7 or 7 30 and I'm like oh wait I haven't started dinner yet oops yeah we're gonna list some stuff in a minute but having some things that are just easy to defrost um easy sides or easy main things that you can kind of turn into a meal uh, can really make those summer nights those meals come together faster because you've had you have some things in the freezer or also just like maybe you planned it Okay, I got a 15 minute dinner meal and half of it's in the freezer already so you aren't having to fuss about in the kitchen when it's hot outside, you need to heat up your kitchen, something like that, it just can be a little bit faster. Yeah, I think that another benefit is this idea of maybe not having to heat up your kitchens quite so much. Yeah. Now, certainly there are some freezer meals you might still have to put them in the oven to warm them up, like a casserole or something like that. But I think there's a lot of things that you could potentially just heat up in like a skillet or a pot on the stove. You could put it in like a toaster oven. I found these little... um English muffin type sandwiches online that actually like heat up really well in either like a toaster oven, like a panini press. So, you know, there's that aspect of it, too, that, you know, in the summertime, we often talk about having no cook meals, you know, that just come together without having to heat up your kitchen at all. But there could be this stuff that's maybe like low cook meals that you maybe don't require very much in order to heat them up. Because I'm still thinking if you're making a casserole, like a lot of times you still have to do you know, like you maybe have to like cook the meat or, you know, like make a sauce or something like that. And those things with like multiple aspects of heating something up, like you're heating it up on the yeah. stove and then you're putting it in the oven. And so even if it's still put just putting it in the oven, um, it's a little less than, yeah. you know, doing the yeah. whole process at one time. Totally. I I have a list of top tools that I think would really help like not heat up the kitchen. Uh, and that is the air fryer. Mm. Amazing. It does not heat up my kitchen at all. So I know that's going to be something that I'm using a lot this summer. A crock pot. While it is warm and it's getting your food hot or cooking your food, I I just feel like it doesn't like heat up my kitchen like a 350 degree oven does. Totally. And then like a grill or a smoker. Uh, And those like I could probably use that all summer and never even touch my oven. Oh, yeah. Potentially. And I have a lot of ideas around how to utilize those tools. But um, that goes really into this tip of like this benefit of just like you don't heat up your kitchen with those kinds of tools but a panini press or a toaster like those are great ideas too and then you're doing even less like work on your stove you know 
Yeah, I think it was last year you talked about your pizza on the grill idea. And so even something like that, like, okay, so you prep the dough ahead of time. It's in the freezer. You take it out. You get your pizza ready and you put it on the grill or the smoker instead of putting it in the oven, like wham, bam. And you didn't even heat up your oven. Exactly. Some ideas around this just while we're on this train is marinating chicken and then freezing it in the marinade Mm. or having a marinade and chicken like separately in your freezer or some, you know, that could be a steak. It could be pork loin. It could be shrimp. It could be whatever. You have all these pre-made marinades in your freezer. You pull one out, thaw it, pull your protein out and thaw it. Or veggies, like for a kebab, you just throw them in the pre-made marinade and then put them on the smoker. You're not doing anything in your kitchen, anything to heat up your kitchen. But that to me is a really big deal. (laughs) And then you can cook outside and eat outside, which is my favorite. I know mine too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should we, okay, should we move on to, we're already talking a little bit about some tips for freezers. Should we just talk about some more tips? Because I have one that's related to that marinade one. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you can also brine your meat beforehand. So um, you don't necessarily want to freeze it in the brining solution, but you could brine your meat for however you like to brine your meat for, whether it's a full day or six hours or whatever. And then, you know, take it out, probably best to like pat it dry before you put it in a bag and put it in the freezer. Um, so it doesn't get as much freezer burn. But that was something that I actually I read that online when I was uh, researching for this episode. And I thought that was such a great idea because another way of just saving time the day of is that, OK, well, particularly if you really like, you know, like if you want. I like to brine either like both pork and chicken. And so it's like if that's something that's really important to you for the flavor of your meat, well, then just do it ahead of time. And it's like not a big deal, particularly if you're like doing it all at one time, like okay, I'm already brining chicken for tonight's dinner. Let's just brine five more pounds of chicken and then freeze the rest of it. And then I don't have to do it later. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same idea applies to making a marinade. It's like when you're doing all that work for one meal, to do it for another one in that moment is not hard. Like if I take a bag and I put all my ingredients in for a marinade to cook something for that night's dinner, to duplicate that marinade in another bag and then just roll it up and stick it in my freezer, pretty minimal effort and saves a lot of time later when I go to get it out and then stick something in it to marinate to cook on the grill or something like that. Yeah. Um, So if you can do that work at the same time, your future self will thank you, which is something we always say. (laughs) But I mean, it's I love that. I I love saving myself time in the future. Yeah, I love it. So another freezer tip is that fat freezes really well. Yeah. So if you have something like a bisque, so it's, you know, it's like, um, a vegetable that is kind of like pureed and that's the base of the soup, adding some heavy cream to that or adding maybe like some olive oil if you don't even have dairy. The fat actually really helps the whatever the chemical process is related to the molecules of the fat. They actually freeze a lot better if you have fat added to that versus just having it be like a water base. Mm. Um but dairy by itself doesn't really freeze very well. So if you're gonna freeze dairy by itself, it's better to then use that dairy in a different recipe. So like you can freeze things like cream cheese, but then when you thaw that cream cheese, it's better if it's not like cream cheese for your bagels and more like cream cheese to go in like a casserole or something like that. You can also freeze things like heavy cream. Um, but once again, when you go to use that, it shouldn't be like, I'm going to use this heavy cream in my milk or not. I'm going to use this heavy cream in my coffee. It should be more like I'm going to use this heavy cream in that soup that I made or something like to that. Cook with. Yeah, exactly. To cook with. And then most of the time, frozen vegetables are better if you cook them after they're frozen. So like chopping and preparing things um, like onions, peppers, cauliflower, things like that, preparing them 
and freezing them while they're fresh and then using them as cooked vegetables after the fact. You'll notice that if you freeze something like a bell pepper and then you take it out, it's going to be more like mushy. If you were just like, that wouldn't be something you put on a veggie platter. That's something you're going to want to use in a, like fajitas or something. Or maybe like it's smoothies and you, you know, freeze your kale or your spinach or something. That's not going to then make a good spinach salad. It's going to be something that you want to. And it's all just about the way that the water molecules freeze and then when they they burst or whatever in the freezer. So that's the underlying reason. Yeah, I've talked about this before in freezing, like the water content, like just freezing a cherry tomato. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, but if you turn it into a tomato basil soup or tomato basil bisque or something with some yeah. cream, they freeze that. That freeze is great. Exactly. Um, which really like there's so much stuff from your garden you can take and freeze berries uh, or if you cook them and then freeze them or like sweet potatoes or potatoes, like those cubed and frozen, pull them out and then cook them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like just thinking about it in a different way. So like, oh, I've got to cook all this vegetable, all these vegetables that I have. But you don't have to. You could just chop them and freeze them. I think it's yeah. a really helpful freezer tip. And just to get your we talk about this a lot, but just the mindset of I don't have to cook this right now. I could save it in my freezer by preparing it in a certain way. Yeah. And I mean, this could be a really great way to eliminate or reduce your food waste. You know, if you have that half a head of cauliflower that's been sitting in your refrigerator for the last two days because the recipe that you called for only needed half of it, you might as well just chop it up and put it in your freezer instead of letting it rot and then you throw it away. Yeah. Um, You know, that's going to save you money in the long run. It's going to eliminate it from going in the landfill. So even I think just thinking ahead like that and just realizing like, okay, like, it's I don't know exactly what I'm going to use this for in the future, but I can figure it out when the time comes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think also like if you're using if you're getting a CSA or something mm. and you end up with vegetables that you maybe you didn't know what to do with or you meal planned around them and didn't utilize them or something like that. It's a great way to if you don't have a garden, but you're getting a CSA box, some way to use them, yeah. you know, use things that you didn't you bought but didn't want to don't want to throw away. It's just I mean, it's more food reducing food waste but just i thought of people who use csas because if i got a csa i just there's some weeks you just don't use all the vegetables you buy yeah Um, this is a good way to utilize that yeah and i know that you've mentioned this previously on the podcast before but if you have a dish that has noodles uh freeze the noodles separately so if you have uh, some sort of like a pasta dish or something that has noodles the best thing to do is you undercook your noodles so you basically just kind of like blanch your noodles um cook them for like about half the time as they would normally cook for because you have to real you have to remember that when you heat them back up they're gonna they're gonna then finish cooking when you heat them back Mm -hmm. up when they come out of the freezer but also then freezing them separately from the rest of the dish so that way that doesn't create this like weird soggy mess yeah kind Um, of a like a lasagna sometimes will have a little bit of water content in it that you didn't freeze you like it wasn't mm -hmm. there when you put in the freezer but then when you thaw it out there it is there so the idea of kind of like doing something separately. I mean, yeah. you can't do that with a lasagna, but with some dishes you could. Yeah, I've seen lasagna recipes where you just don't even do anything yeah. with the noodles before you put it in the freezer, which is probably the best way to keep the noodles from getting all funky. Yeah, people may, you know, think that the no-bake or the no-cook, I think they call no-cook lasagna noodles or something like that. Yeah. People might have differing opinions on the flavor and taste of those, but that is a way that you could really do something amazing. Like just like put it all in there, like not even cooked and you don't even yeah. do the extra work of cooking. You just get to lay those things, those sheets flat out in your pan and it would work really well. Yeah. Another thing I know I've talked about on the podcast before is uh, the idea of meal makers. 
just like things that you have on hand to like create meals. And I think that that's where we're really leaning into freezer, the freezer for the summer. So like when you were just talking about noodles, I'm thinking like freezing meatballs or uh, mm-hmm. freezing, like if you make a bunch of hamburgers and you portion them out, you could freeze all those raw and then just thaw them and put them on the grill. And if you, if you're somebody who like makes a lot of things into your burger, um, you just have them and pull them out and then they're ready to go. Um, marinating pork, cubing chicken and putting it in something for like kebabs. Mm. Um, you may not want to freeze all the vegetables for a kebab, but you can pull out that pre-cubed chicken and then you've got your veggies from your garden or from your farmer's market. And then I actually think that like freezing side dishes is also another really helpful thing for the summer because rice and quinoa freeze super well. I know we've mm-hmm. talked about that. Mm. Corn freeze, freezes really well. Beans, mashed potatoes, a corn casserole, cheesy potatoes, broccoli casseroles or just broccoli, green beans, collard greens, sweet potatoes. All these things freeze super well. And if they're like partially prepared or fully prepared, I know we talked a bit about some of these vegetables, you would not want to have them prepared before you put them in the freezer. But like if they're partially prepared or pre-chopped, something like that, and you can just pull them out and throw them in your air fryer or throw them in a grill basket. I think another a grill basket is another great tool. All of these things like just like add to a meal, but you didn't have to do any of that labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can freeze those things into small portions if you've got freezer space um, or bags. Stasher bags freeze super duper well. Little foil pans if you have stackable space and just Doing these little meal maker things that really add to what you're cooking, but you didn't have to do all that work. Again, saving yourself so much time and energy and kitchen heat. <laughs> um, I think I think it's a great way to utilize your freezer in the summertime. Right. Yeah, I love it. I, w- I have on my list to think about already cooked meats and being able to freeze those. Like I found a recipe for this like Asian inspired braised beef and you freeze it in the braising liquid. Kind of makes it even extra like more flavorful and savory when you thaw it. So there's the idea of that too. And I think this is especially good for meat that it that does come with some type of a liquid so that you do have kind of that like gelatiny fat content to to freeze it with. I think that if you were just to like smoke a lean brisket, I don't know that that would freeze very well. <laughs> but, you know, also thinking about already cooked meats and freezing them with the liquid that they cooked in. Yeah, my husband and I have done that with pulled pork before. Mm-hmm. We made like I just feel like you can't make a small amount of pulled pork. So when you make it, I mean, we're just two people with two kids, you know. Right. So it's just like it's a massive amount of meat for just not we're not gonna eat all that. Yeah. Uh, and freezing it has proven to work very well. Um, another one that I feel like might be a little bit obvious is like berries from your garden, which I kind of mm-hmm. touched on a little bit ago. But I know Ronnie, your your strawberry plants in your garden are just prolific, prolific. <laughs> um. And so I'm just thinking washing them, drying them really well, and then freezing them is awesome. Makes yeah. for great smoothies. It makes you, it allows you to have really fresh, delicious summer berries in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to save them for later. And also just like making smoothie packs. Like if you're a big smoothie drinker or maybe like a protein shake with a little bit of fruit in it or something like that. It's something that my mom does a lot, but. She'll take a bag, she'll put the berries in it, she'll put spinach in it, even like a scoop of protein powder. The only thing she doesn't put in it is the liquid usually and then throws mm-hmm. that frozen pack in the blender with the liquid and then it's done. And this is, again, something that might not take that long to make in the moment. But if you do it all at one time, then you, you're saving yourself like, what, 10 minutes every day yeah. <laughs> to get that smoothie ready. 
gets you out the door and gets you onto your adventures a lot faster. Prevents those foods from going bad. Like when my strawberry plants are um, really kicking off, we cannot keep up with the amount of strawberries. Unless I was eating strawberries for every single meal or we were giving strawberries away to people. It's yeah, when you when you particularly if you have those kinds of plants in your own garden, uh, yeah, they can give you a lot of produce. So it is really good to think about ways that you can save them. My main tip for freezing fruit is like when you wash it, I like to just put mine after I wash it and everything. I, I'll, I'll like not dry it off super well, but then I lay it on a, a cookie sheet and put it in the freezer in the cookie sheet. And so then they all kind of uh, freeze separately. And then I'll just slide them into a bag. And that way it keeps it from being just like a one pound chunk of strawberries. Yeah, that's (laughs) a great tip. That's a great tip. I actually do that with a less nutritious thing, which is cookie dough. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) um, But kind of with the same idea, freezing individual little cookie dough balls or protein, protein balls, protein bites, things along those lines, freezing them individually and then just having that, again, pre-cooked or not pre-cooked, but pre-ready to roll when you want them. You just make a couple at a time. I love that. So Riley, how do you decide what recipes will work best for putting in the freezer? The first thing that comes to mind is nothing, not a lot of green things. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I should clarify because hardier vegetables, like Brussels sprouts and like broccoli or green beans, those all freeze really well. But like lettuces, again, that water content thing, they don't freeze well. Man, that's such a good question. I I most often freeze our leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have a lot, if it's enough for another meal, it often becomes a freezer meal instead of becoming us like to instead of becoming lunch the next day. But I'm just trying to let me think for a second about what I often freeze. A lot of soups freeze so well. That's almost not even a question. They just freeze so well. Almost all hearty proteins or like you know meat proteins freeze super duper well. Yeah, uh, beans, curry, freezes super well. Um, this is not really giving you the answer to your question, which was how do I decide? <laughs> um, but I guess it, re- it it does because if it is not going to get weird in the freezer, I often freeze it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can freeze anything. You can freeze breakfast sandwiches. You can freeze breakfast burritos. You can freeze cookie dough. You can freeze oatmeal, like breakfast oatmeal, like a bake, like an oatmeal bake. You can freeze that. Mm-hmm. You can freeze raw egg. So like most of my breakfast casseroles, when I make them, I don't cook them. I freeze them raw. The thing that I think about, which is along the lines of all of the things that we've really actually already said and that you just said, is that I think particularly like if you're if the goal is to freeze the entire meal and not just a portion of the meal. So, you know, if we're talking about freezing just the vegetables or just the meat, that's not the entire meal. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, having a dish that's cooked and you want to freeze it, I think the best things for freezing are something that has some sort of like a sauciness to it. So that way your other ingredients are kind of like blanketed with that sauce, which like prevents them from drying out or getting freezer burn on them, which is exactly why like things like soups and stews do freeze so well. Or I mean, even things like casserole, like if it's casserole that has um, like an enchilada casserole has enchilada sauce in it or something, you don't have to be as as long as it has some sort of like a sauce to like I said, like prevent things from drying out. You actually don't have to be quite as concerned about like, I have to wrap this like the tightest I've ever wrapped it yeah. before because you're not going to have to worry about the freezer burn aspect of it quite as much. Yeah. I mean, this sounds silly, but when in doubt, Google it. 
Yeah. You know, like if you're like, should I freeze this or should I not freeze this? I think uh, Google is a great resource. And that maybe sounds like a cop out answer, but I do that myself when I'm unsure. But I feel like in general, so much is freezable. And like you said, having a sauce is super helpful. Pre-cooked, like half to roll kind of thing when the meal is all in one. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I, if I, sometimes if I have like a rice and a curry, sometimes I'll freeze that just all in one. Yeah. And if I don't mind it all being mixed up, sometimes I'll freeze the sauce separately from a grain or something like that. Yeah, I feel like maybe I didn't answer your question super well. <laughs> yeah, well, I just I wanted to try and um, give everybody an idea of like if they were feeling like I don't even know where to get started with like what I should put as a freezer meal, you know, like what I could get started with for a freezer meal for the summer, because maybe they just don't utilize their freezer that much for like a yeah. fully cooked meal. It's maybe just the place that they store their, you know, frozen pizzas and yeah. ground beef or something. So, yeah, I think I grew up in a family with, where we utilized the freezer quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents had a really large garden and we would always bring home bags of green beans, fresh green beans, fresh green beans frozen in a bag. Same with collards. Um, and like my mom always would pull those out through the end of the summer into the winter. Like we would have all these fresh things, but a lot of things that would be a little bit more no brainer to freeze. and after they've been cooked is like casserole, like baked beans. Maybe you had like a party and there was a ton of baked beans left over. That can freeze really well. I would say that more things are freezable than people realize. Mm. So I would say that instead of thinking, oh, there's no way this is, I can freeze this. Assume you can freeze it. <laughs> um, because I, I really do feel like a lot of things that people are cooking freeze super duper well. Yeah. Right. A lot of things that people are cooking freeze super duper well. Um, I think another thing about freezer meals is sometimes it's good to have an end date in mind. Like, I'm going to freeze this and we're going to eat it on Friday. So it's Monday and you eat it on Friday or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, oh, let's pull this out and we'll have that next week. That kind of thing kind of helps stuff get less weird. The less time it's in the freezer is good. Something lasts forever and ever, months and months. Yeah. Like up to six months in the freezer. But if you're unsure about something going in the freezer, freeze it for a little while. And yeah. See. And then that less time, it can sometimes get a little bit less weird. Um, if it's been in there for an extensive amount of time. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Another way you can utilize freezer meals uh, for yourself or for others is for situations like if you're going to have a baby, preparing freezer meals in advance for that time after you have a baby so you have way less work to do. Maybe you have a really good freezer stash of meals and you want to take something to a friend um, who needs a meal made for them or maybe they had surgery or maybe you have in-laws coming into town. That is a way I utilize freezer meals often mm-hmm. um and the same idea that when we have family in town i don't want to spend my whole time in the kitchen uh, yeah. and so i'll pre-make things so that my meal prep for those evenings is faster it's the same idea it's like we're outside all day in the summer or you know maybe you get home from work and it's 5 p.m and your only time to get to go do something fun outside is from like the five to seven five to nine time frame you don't want to spend all that time in the kitchen so doing some of this work ahead of time or like on a night when you do have time to cook and making a duplicate or something like that, it can really fill in these gaps. So your time is just yours. You don't yeah. have to spend it in the kitchen. Um, now, I do like to cook, but I also really like to not spend all my time in the kitchen, too. <laughs> so with that, I actually just had a baby earlier this year. And I'm going to just tell you all the things that I froze for myself uh, in preparation for that time, because it was super helpful. It was really helpful for my husband. Like while he is an incredible cook and super capable, just 
the time is what we got back by having all this stuff prepared. I made a lot of, I froze a lot of things that made meals easier. So again, the same idea of just making, uh, having these freezer things to make your life easier, these meal makers. I froze portioned, cooked and marinated meats. Uh, so pre-portioned salmon, pre-cooked pork, uh, raw chicken, raw steaks, things that were just easy to like take out and just thaw and cook on the grill or something like that really fast. Some of these things are cooked. The pork was cooked, salmon's cooked. I made these chicken poppers. They're like breakfast chicken poppers, which I'll give you the recipe for to share with everybody because they're incredible. They're from Unbound Wellness. I think they're called like breakfast chicken breakfast poppers or something like that. <laughs> they're such a good snack because they're high protein, good fats, and, I'm, and they just like they thaw out amazing. And you just pop them in like your toaster oven or the oven for just a little while to heat them up, microwave even. I froze breakfast sandwiches and breakfast burritos, breakfast casseroles, lactation cookies, um, bone broth soups. So a lot of just like really nutritious, tried to cook, tried to freeze a lot of nutritious and warm foods. If you're somebody who's had a baby, having a lot of warm, nourishing food postpartum is really what you need. You have depleted yourself a lot of nutrition. And so like getting all that back in that time is great. A lot of warm foods is also what you want in that time. Uh, while you're healing. So I would assume the same for, uh, for like post-surgery. Mm. Um, so any soup that could have a bone, like bone broth, I made soup with bone broth. Curry, Ronnie, you made me an amazing curry for <laughs> after I had my baby. We had some lasagnas. I love Mexican food. I don't think there's a season for it. I think it is year round. Um, and so like tamales freeze super well. Enchilada casseroles freeze super well. Um, you could like chop up onions and probably and bell peppers and like steak all in a bag and like then just toss it into a skillet to make fajitas. A lot of those things like that where you take this main part and then you turn it into a meal with fresh ingredients. That's a lot of what I did for my postpartum like meal prep. Because again, my husband could cook it, but it was like half prepared already. Mm -hmm. I froze a lot of rice and grains, a lot of chopped uh, sweet potatoes, a lot of chopped white potatoes. And I think that is about the, like that's about what I, that's about what my freezer looked like <laughs> uh, for afterwards. But hopefully that's helpful for somebody. Maybe you're not about to have a baby, but maybe all of that is what you do for your summer. Yeah. And you have all that in your freezer ready to roll so you don't have to cook it all. <laughs> and so how long do you feel like a lot of that, how, did that, how long did all that prep last you? Um, so my baby is 11 weeks old and we're still pulling things out Great. of the freezer to eat now. Um, and that was intentional because, you know, right after we had our daughter, like we had people bringing us meals, um, or like nights where just things didn't feel like chaos, we could actually cook something. Um, but it's these meals that are, that we have in the freezer are really for like the chaos, yeah. <laughs> the chaos nights. Um, oh, we've already got this. Let's, let's thaw that out or let's throw that in the air fryer. I got these great like pre-portioned salmon cutlet things that you just like heat in the air fryer. They're just salmon. It's just so good. They're not breaded or anything. And you serve that with some rice, maybe rice you already have frozen and maybe it's side salad. Like that's so easy. Comes together fast. That's a really good dinner. Um, chopped veggies of some kind. So it's lasting us a, a long time. I would say I probably had, I mean, it was probably like 20 meals. And we just have sporadically placed them or like people brought us food on a night we weren't planning on it or we froze leftovers here and there because we're still doing that. It's a very active part of our meal planning is mm -hmm. if, it, if, if we have extra leftovers, it just gets sealed up and put in the freezer for another night. 
And so I would say probably 20 to 25 meals and it has lasted us quite a while because it's not every night that we need it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's certainly a couple nights a week that we do. So, well, I love it. I think that's a really good example to show everyone kind of what that looks like, that it's not just only sides or only mains or only full dinners. It's only lasagna. Yeah, it's like a mixture of all of them. As we've mm-hmm. talked about before, we never make lasagna up in here. Yep. So, uh, so, but I, I really like that you gave that example of all the things you actually did freeze because I think it just goes to show that it's a smorgasbord of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's it's easy to feel like a lot of the things that you freeze maybe. One of my okay, let me backtrack. One of my priorities with all the things that I froze was to not just have a bunch of like cheesy dense casseroles or like carbohydrate high carbohydrate casseroles or like I don't know like saucy like I'm I'm, I guess I was just trying to help myself have a lot of nutrition nutrient dense food and so like having these like pieces of a puzzle like pieces of a meal come together allowed me to kind of pick and choose what we like what I felt like I was needing at any given time it wasn't a ton of casseroles that I froze you know, like just that can just become a bit like like those heavier meals. They can just be, feel heavy. And I afterward, after I had the baby, I really just wanted to have like the option to have these really like veggie full, protein full meals. And so freezing these individual things was really helpful in that way. I feel like afterward, um, like after I had the baby, like just I could just start to like get back um, like the nutrition that you lose in pregnancy, which is just the facts of it. So. Okay, so a lot of the information that I took about freezer meals was, you know, from the internet. But uh, there is a, it's called the Ultimate Freezer Meal Prep Guide, and it's from Peanut Butter and Fitness. I'm going to link it in the show notes of the, re- of the, not the recipe, of the podcast so that you guys can check it out. It has a ton more information. And she actually gives a lot of really great tips for um, single serving freezer meals. So if you're somebody who is, a solo person or maybe just two people and you don't and you're like I don't have I don't want to freeze an entire huge casserole because it's just the two of us we're never going to eat this thing whether it's frozen or brand new so she has a lot of really great tips so go check it out in the show notes and see all the things that she says she talks a lot about like how to ensure that like your pasta doesn't get mushy your breads don't get soggy like a bunch of different things so I think it's a really great resource and Y'all should check it out. I found a list of freezer-friendly side dishes that we can also share. It's from Taste of Home. But it was just like a lot of options that are really great freezer side dishes that utilize a lot of summer vegetables. So I can send that to you also. We can share that too if people are looking for some real recipe, tangible recipes for actually freezing. Yeah, it's great. I also want to mention that I listened to, I recently listened to a podcast episode, well, We're recording this in the springtime, um, so the podcast episode is probably a little older now when this podcast is going live, but it's from Dinner SOS, which is a podcast from Bon Appetit, and it's titled The Freezer is Your Friend. And by the way, the premise of Dinner SOS is amazing. It's the people from Bon Appetit. They have callers who call in with like a question or a challenge that they have related to um, cooking or their kitchen. And they take their Bon Appetit experts and like help problem solve for this particular person's situation. It's an amazing podcast. Everybody should listen to it. And uh, so they did this one specifically about freezer meals. They give some really great recommendations for freezer meals and just um, like how to package freezer meals as well. Like how like the storage 
of freezer meals. So I'll link to that in the show notes too. It's a really good listen. I also just can't let this go, uh, this podcast go without saying that the Planty Freezer <laughs> is incredible and is something that I utilize in my like postpartum freezer planning to just keep track of what in the world you have. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't know we have a freezer section, we do. And it's awesome. And highly recommend utilizing that. So you can keep track of just whatever you have in the freezer because it can get a little bit chaotic in free- I mean, in my freezer. Well, I'll speak for myself. It can get really chaotic in my freezer, but just knowing how, that I have a list somewhere is incredibly valuable. Yeah. We did a Feature Friday episode on the freezer as well. Uh, we can link to that in the show notes so that you guys can check that out if you need a little more in-depth explanation of how to use the freezer in Planty. Okay, I have two things for you, Ronnie. It's two bonuses for this episode. Ooh, One bonus. of them, you can freeze cocktails. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, alcohol doesn't actually freeze, but you can mix all the parts of a cocktail together and put it in your freezer. So maybe you have a having a party sometimes coming up. You can pre-do it and have it in the freezer. Genius. Yes. And I have a I have a I have a link for people if they are looking for that. Punch, punchdrink.com talks about uh freezing cocktails or like storing cocktails in the freezer. And then the other is I have like four meals that um they're like 15 minute meals that they come together in 15 minutes using items from your freezer. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first one is air fried fish. So like Either you bought like shrimp or you bought cod or even like fish sticks, whatever, whatever fish you want, salmon. You can air fry that with a salad kit and make it into tacos. There's this great one from Taylor Farms called like Asian something. It's like a spicy Thai Thai mango salad kit thing. You put that together with some fish out of your air fryer on a taco. It is 15 minutes or less and it is so good. You can freeze like pre-cooked shredded chicken really, really well. Uh, my husband pulled that out one night and he mixed it on the stove with like uh, Spanish rice and sauteed it all together. And he wrapped that in burritos, but you could also have that just like a, like a, like a rice bowl. Um, super delicious. And then apple chicken sausages. Yes. You can freeze those super easy. Pull them out. Uh, eat it with apples and cheese. Great little lunch. Or you could have, you could elevate it maybe with like a rice or a side salad or something like that. That was not five. That was four. But that was three. Oh, you said four. You, oh, I was going to say you said four. <laughs> oh, I said four, but it's three. Okay. Um, but those are meals that are regular in our rotation and they come together in 15 minutes or less. And it utilizes things from our freezer. I love it. And I love those chicken and apple sausages. The Idell's brand. Oh, yes. man, those are the those best. Those are the ones. They are those so are the good. Best. Sometimes you yeah. can find them at Costco in like the super jumbo pack. And that's the t- like, that's what I do is if, if they're at Costco, I buy the like 16 sausages, which is like a lot. And then I'll freeze most of lot. them and just uh, keep one package in the fridge at a time. And we love those. Yeah, we love those too. And it makes just a really fast meal, but something you store in your freezer. So Yeah. Should we get into the uh, the end of the episode, Riley? Yes, we should. All right, fam. I got some news for you. I uh, will no longer be the co-host of the Plan to Eat podcast. I am taking a step back from Plan to Eat to stay home with my kids. I just told you I had another baby. I have two daughters now. And yeah, I, I'm going to try not to cry. But <laughs> oh, Plan to Eat people, I love you. 
And I have loved this podcast so much. And I'm so excited that Ronnie is going to continue it. And I hope that it is uh, just, it's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. But my time on the show has been just my favorite thing. And my time with Planty has been amazing. So if I have ever talked to you over our support line, because that's what I did for a long time, just thank you for being amazing customers. Uh, but yeah, my time, I'm, I'm taking a break. So I just wanted to tell you guys that personally, I didn't want to just dip out and kind of just like be gone, you know, just like, where'd that girl go? <laughs> uh, so this is me just saying goodbye. Yeah, I love you guys and I love Plan to Eat and I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, we're going to miss you. This podcast has been so fun. For those of you who don't know, Riley and I created the podcast together. It's been our little labor of love and we really have loved it. And like Riley said, I'm going to do my best to continue on. It's um, going to be me doing interviews only. I'm not going to come on here and just blab at you by myself. So, <laughs> so, uh, but we wish you the best, Riley, and we love you. Should we end talking about a recent recipe just for one last time? Yeah, of course we should. So I'll talk about the recipe that I made last night. It was a little bit outside of what I normally cook, but it was amazing. But what I was trying to do was uh, just basically like, let's try to use as all of the things in the fridge before the next time I go to the grocery store. I was really trying. Actually, I think I have two recipes to talk about because I did this for two nights in our shop. It's so <laughs> funny was, because my meal is also a everything in our fridge kind of meal. So yeah. I can't wait. I was really avoiding the grocery store. And so I was like, we're we're figuring it out, but we're not just going to like scrounge. I'm actually going to make a meal because I know I can do this. So recipe number one was actually two nights ago. I made steak taquitos which was, they were so good. Okay. So what I did was I went into my plan to eat account. <clears throat> I went into my search and filtering options. I selected main course. I selected a main ingredient of beef. And then I typed in a, an ingredient of cream cheese. Cause I was like, we've got cream cheese and we've got steak. Like, what can I do with these two things? <laughs> Cause those seems like two things that would yeah, not so go random. together. Yeah. And one of the things that came up was taquitos and I didn't have quite all the other things for it but it was like basically you like mix the sour or mix the cream cheese with salsa and um, some like seasonings and stuff and then what I did was I just like really quickly seared the steak it was still very rare on the inside sliced it super thin and then we had tortillas so I um, put the cream cheese sauce in the tortillas topped it with the sliced steak you roll it up you put the seam side down on the baking sheet and then you bake it for like 15 minutes which was why I only like seared the steak and left it really rare on the inside because it totally finished cooking when it was in the oven. Mm -hmm. And it was a hit. My husband was such a big fan. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And it, it was, great. yeah, it was super easy. I was like, wow, I don't know. I've never thought to make taquitos before. So that was really good. Um, and then what I made last night was African beef stew. I think it's maybe called West African beef stew. Super duper good. I had... I think you're technically supposed to use like whole Roma tomatoes, but I had canned Roma tomatoes and I had beef stew meat. And so you just, you like brown the stew meat and you make this really yummy tomato based sauce that has smoked paprika and curry powder in it. Um, you let it simmer. I let it simmer for like about an hour um, to like really liven up the flavors. And then, so I didn't follow the recipe a hundred percent right. Cause you were supposed to have fresh tomatoes that you were supposed to cook that you were kind of supposed to, you know, 
make their own sauce with the cooked tomatoes. Plus you were supposed to add t- tomato sauce from a can. So I just used the canned whole tomatoes and then I used tomato paste and the sauce was delicious and a really good consistency. Um, so served that with rice and it was also really, really good. That sounds great. So I, uh, I pulled some, I pulled a curry out of my freezer to thaw tack for dinner. It was just raw chicken bread, uh, raw chicken thighs in a curry sauce. Like they would come together when you cooked it. It was just kind of all the parts thrown into a bag. It was something I had prepped for myself, uh, for the freezer, for my maternity, for my postpartum journey. Okay, well, I thought it out a little late in the day in some hot water in my sink, which is maybe not the best way to do it. But I was trying to get that show on the road, trying to get thawed out for dinner. And there must have been a hole in the bag because the bag filled with water. And I was so (sighs) bummed. (laughs) Freezer fail uh, right there. Um, (laughs) So I salvaged the chicken thighs because there was nothing wrong with them. They were just wet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I ended up just taking those and seasoning them with uh, a little bit of salt and pepper. They had a bit of that seasoning left on them from the seasoning in the bag. Yes. Um, so I, I sauteed those and then I added, um, I had some smoked or grilled red bell peppers. I chopped those up. I had carrots in my fridge that I grated. I had, what else? I had another veggie. I had an onion I just chopped and threw into this pan and sauteed it all together. I had some leftover coconut milk in the freezer also. And then what else? I think I added some peanut butter. PB fit, like the dried peanut butter. Because <laughs> I, I had that. Um, I, I mixed this all together. I saw to, like, you know, like let it simmer on the stove for quite a while. Added some more curry, pa- curry powder and then served it with rice. And it was so good. Unfortunately, I feel like I can't recreate this oh, no. ever again. So it may be horrible to like tell you guys this recipe that I can't recreate again. But it was just a smorgasbord of like things out of like I had left. I just happened to have carrots, onion and bell pepper and and then the like random amount of coconut milk. And it just it came together and it was really delicious. But it came out of a free to fail. So maybe it's appropriate for this episode. Super, super appropriate. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, the next podcast will be me on an interview. And. We will, of course, miss Riley. And, you know, we will have Riley Bass back as a guest on the podcast sometimes. <laughs> I think that's probably a great idea. I'll be here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with someone and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>